0: Welcome to Notes from the North with Kyle and Sam. Welcome back to Notes from the North, your go-to Minnesota Vikings podcast. Before we get started, we want to offer our thanks to Purple Pain Forums for allowing us to post our podcast there. So if you're looking for an online forum for passionate Vikings fans, feel free to check out purplepainforums.com. Also, want to give a shout out to Purple PTSD for giving us a chance to post our pod there as well. Be sure to check out the great Vikings coverage over at purpleptsd.com. And Kyle and Sam back here to talk about a football game for the first time in several months, uh, a yeah. preseason game. And I think there are some things about the game that certainly are noteworthy. Uh, I don't know. i I find that I don't know where your level of concern is at, um or how much stock you put into preseason games. Uh, for me, like it feels like it really doesn't matter, but it certainly is not nothing. There certainly is things, I guess to draw from from these preseason games. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't know like, where would you say you're at in terms of not not that there's concern. i I know the Vikings lost. Um, spoiler alert uh, yeah exactly but like how much concern do you feel you really would take from a preseason game and the first one uh, at that? Right. so general philosophy is that I don't
1: put too much emphasis on the preseason uh, what I'll say is that last season the Vikings did really poorly during the preseason it was not very inspiring and they went on to have a not very inspiring season so whether or not those two things are kind of causally related. Maybe it's just, you know, but I I, I look back at last year's effort in preseason. And I think a lot of us were concerned, but then still hopeful because we expected the Vikings to have a better year than they did. Uh, I think my general approach to the offseason is basically just to kind of key in on certain depth players, uh, certain areas of the game. And if I see positive things, then I feel positive. If I see almost exclusively negative things, then I'm feeling more negative. And so really it's more so not individualistic in a sense, but you kind of look at overall, you know, how was the run game, right? Or overall, like what did the depth receivers do? Or, you know, what did what did the team look like in terms of their defensive line rotation or, you know, whatever the case may be. So not quite at an individual level, but almost breaking it down a little more and seeing, you know, what specific positions are doing. And uh, hopefully getting some
0: positives from that. No, I think that makes sense. I think that makes I think that's probably the most level-headed way to to look at it. Again, these games don't matter, but uh, they're preparing for the ones that do. Uh, exactly. And I think last year they're, like you referred to, I think there almost there's was this perspective of, well, they're just gonna flip a switch and yeah. things will be there. And saw that while there certainly can be, not a strong correlation between preseason games and, and regular season games it certainly can impact it. Uh, sure, it's it's sure. the same team. Uh, it's all like you're dressing a bunch of new guys. Although yesterday there were certainly some guys missing um, and mm-hmm. it gave us a chance to see some people in more of a, a display than, than they would be. Uh, and I think the biggest news, at least from my perspective, that seems to be talking talked about around Vikings fans and and Vikings Twitter is the position of the backup quarterback. So, yeah, that's right. As you watched yesterday, how are you feeling about where the Vikings are at uh for that quarterback 2 position? Uh I think it's still somewhat uh enigmatic.
1: I was going to say but that's probably not the word I should mysterious perhaps who's going to be the it's a bit of an enigma. Who's going to be the backup quarterback? It's um, hard to say at this stage. Coming into the game, the depth chart specifically worded it on, on, on the team's website, bikers.com, uh, you know, Kirk Cousins is the starting quarterback. And then when we get down to the backups, instead of kind of listing hierarchically, it says uh, Sean Mannion or Callan Mond. And so it didn't even say, you know, this is the second string. This is the third string. It's literally saying backup. It's this guy or this guy. And then, you know, for whatever it's worth, Sean Manning went out first, but he ended up playing uh, fewer snaps in the end. And I think Callan Vaughn played better. I think that's a pretty basic observation. He had a couple touchdown passes. So he finished his day 9-14, 9 for 14, under 19 yards, and then a couple touchdowns. He should have had, you know, Sam was mentioned before we came on, there was certainly opportunity to throw a third touchdown pass at the end of the second quarter. Uh, that didn't happen. Obviously, you kind of like that he can extend the play. He can scramble. He can elude, you know, kind of these edge rushers and and buy time for his receivers to get open. And in those moments, you kind of feel bad, bad for the defensive backs. There's just no way you can cover for four or five, six seconds. You know, someone's going to get open. It was just unfortunate that Mond's going to make a throw in the end. But two touchdown passes to Albert Wilson, and you kind of wonder if, you know, the sophomore is feeling confident in Wilson, who's a veteran, of course. And, uh, so overall, I feel pretty positive about bonds, but then to Sean Mannion's credit, he did finish eight for 12, 79 yards. And so it wasn't outright disaster. He wasn't like two for 12, 13 yards, you know, it wasn't just this, you know, horrendous line or anything like that. I would say it was probably below average effort. It was probably below average performance, but first preseason game, uh, overall, I feel okay about it. And I wonder now if you had asked me six weeks ago, will they keep two or three quarterbacks on the roster? I would have said two. Now I'm wondering if it's I'm kind of leaning towards three.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's fair. Uh, I guess there's a couple different decisions that they can make. One, I guess, is who is going to be the backup, and then do they need to bring someone else in? right, right. I thought, like you said, Mond was the better quarterback yesterday. Uh, the second touchdown in particular to Wilson was quite a beautiful throw oh um, yeah yeah really nice i i like i guess the question is like do you feel confident if kirk cousins goes down that one of those two guys can go in and, and personally from Mannion, like he feels really safe but like it just feels like you're really gonna fight an uphill battle to win a game with him i i don't know like maybe yep. there's been like it certainly it's just one game but in what i've seen of him this year as well as whatever we saw last year, like there's really not a whole lot there. It feels like to mm-hmm. me. So I guess the question is, can you do it and be okay with one of these two guys understanding that there's a chance yeah. that they have zero relevance because Kirk yeah. plays all 17 games or right. you right. feel like you need to go and and find someone. Uh, and I've seen some yeah. extra names being thrown out. Um, so, there are at least a couple different philosophies when it comes to your
1: your backup quarterback. Some say your your backup quarterback is there to basically support the QB one, help them to study. You're kind of like a coach on the field to help them decipher things in the game. You know, you're working the iPad together on the sidelines. Other the other philosophy, or you know, there's probably more than just these two, but another philosophy is that you want somebody who's a gamer, somebody who can come in, give you a chance to win, and certainly. It helps if you can, you know, grind film with a starter, help the starter kind of understands, you know, what he's seeing on the field and, and, and get a better sense of what the defense is trying to do. But at the end of the day, this person can come in and win. You know, we kind of saw that with Case Keenan, which is the ultimate gamer. Um, and truthfully, I don't know, maybe he was also excellent uh, when it comes to breaking down film and getting an understanding of the game. In an ideal world, your backup quarterback can, can, have those two abilities. One, he can push your starter, help your starter prepare, uh, be a real source of comfort and clarity, and just basically be almost like an extra coach in a sense. But then, when needed, come in and be a gamer, just compete, inspire the dudes, and go out and give the team a chance to win. If you have a backup quarterback, you can basically bring that all together. You feel very, very good about your backup quarterback. Um, in some ways, it seems like the Vikings don't have that, or at least. That seems to be kind of a feeling uh, for among Vikings fans and analysts and that kind of thing. Mond, it seems, certainly has more potential. And upside, you know, if you're actually going to get to the game, perhaps you could do more and lead this team to a win. Who knows? Whereas Mannion's there really to help Cousins study and prepare. I mean, Mond maybe can do that as well. Like, I know he's younger. And, th- and that's kind of the critical difference is Mannion has a lot more experience than Mond. And so there's something to be said for experience, right? And And the only way to get it is to just you know, keep going, keep playing, keep being on the sideline, keep trying to film. Um, So Mannion perhaps is further along in that regard, perhaps simply because he's been in the NFL for longer. But uh, I lean Mond in this competition, and I think a lot of folks who follow the team do as well. But I wonder if they'll keep both because then you can, you know, have your cake and eat it too in the sense of, you know, maybe Mond is the one who goes onto the field. You know, should Cousins need to miss time, and maybe Mannion's the one who's you know there really to kind of grind film, help decipher decipher kind of what's going on, and 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 we'll see. I mean, fifty three men on a roster sounds like a fair bit, but when you get towards the end, it's these are difficult decisions, right? And so going from two QBs to three QBs is not an easy decision, and so I, I I'm currently leaning towards the team doing three, but. I, I don't know. I guess we'll have to see how the rest of
0: the preseason plays out. It, it is interesting, especially, I think, because you see the talents available with receivers, with running backs, with even – but I don't know if it's necessarily the skill at tight end, but the uncertainty maybe around tight end. Certainly, like, a lot of uncertainty. You, you, yeah. you certainly need uh, people available. So, yeah, like you said, you it's you you t- added an extra quarterback. That means you're taking away a position – uh, Precisely, any, another position. Precisely. Um, yeah. Again, I, I don't think it's worth talking too too much about the bo- backup quarterback position after after one game, but certainly something to keep an eye on. I think there will be some interesting discussion uh, to happen and figuring out what what the team decides to do. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess I one of the other things I want to know, really, the the second half of of the podcast here is figuring out like what else did you see yesterday? Maybe things that would be obvious to people maybe little things that you're watching for uh give me a couple of things that really you're thinking of maybe takeaways from yeah. from yesterday's yeah. game so i
1: think if we were to kind of step back give it the bird's eye view assess this game we could say that it was a real mixed bag and that there was a lot of positive there's also a lot of negatives and maybe that sounds like an easy answer but It's better than all negative, You know, and sometimes you step back and say, oh, my gosh, you know, the Vikings didn't do very much right in that game. But I think they actually did a fair bit well, even though there were plenty of mistakes. Uh, I was encouraged by Greg Joseph and his kicking. You know, I know the kicks weren't particularly difficult, but still looked crisp and solid. Encouraged by the returns. I mean, Ty Chandler had one return, kickoff, far back 56 yards. Uh, Smith-Marset, he had a long return. It was negated by a penalty, but even still, long return for Smith-Marset that was kickoffs punts you know weren't nearly as inspiring but uh you know it was that kind of day for the special teams uh jordan berry and ryan wright both did well with their punts but then on the other hand uh on punt return one time they had too many men on the field which allowed the raiders to extend their drive and so you had positives and negatives the hope certainly is just that you got 90 dudes out there uh all these guys, not all these guys, a, lo- a lot of the guys, a lot of the depth guys are competing for either the role in the team or even a spot on the team, right? And then you got nerves, first preseason action. I could easily see how maybe someone ran onto the field for special teams duties when they actually weren't supposed to. So I'm not going to overreact to the one penalty, though the penalties overall were concerning uh, far too many. And I would imagine, I would imagine the uh, coaching staff makes it a top priority to kind of uh, eliminate as many of those as possible, kind of moving forward. Defensively, again, you know, same sort of thing where you say, you know, Hey, it's, it's, it's positives and negatives. Right. But defensively, I, I was mostly encouraged by the defensive line. Like I thought they were disruptive. They got to the QB multiple times. Patrick Jones, I think stood out, you know, he was disruptive. And one thing I did on purple PTSD is I did, you know, I called it the um, the Donatel diary where I just went through and watched all of the Broncos games last year, their defense, at least to see how the defense did. And there was, you know, a lot of stunts, a lot of from defensive linemen, you know, guys looping around, just kind of confusing the blocking assignments uh, rather than just letting your dudes, your defensive linemen, just, you know, one-on-one and try and beat your guy. Uh, this defense is going to feature, kind of more twists and stunts and loops and different things to kind of confuse the offensive line. And I think we saw some of that yesterday and it's going to kind of be a good thing, I think, and help to generate more pressure. And uh, so Patrick Jones, a second, we'll see. We do need, the team needs someone to step up beyond Hunter and Smith, right? So everyone loves Zedaria Smith. Everyone loves know Hunter, rightfully so, but they can't play every snap. And it's certainly possible that one or both get injured at some point. Hopefully, if they do, it's very minor. You miss maybe a week or two. Uh, but there needs to be some depth guys to step up. And the Broncos, to their credit, had various depth guys step up and, and perform reasonably well last year. And I think a lot of that had to do with the scheme and a lot of that had to do with what Donatel was doing. So hopefully that carries over. Uh, so again, you say mixed bag, too many penalties to miss tackles you allowed 26 points that's not good uh but the d-line at times was very disruptive right the return game was really dangerous at times you know offensively you get away from the quarterbacks the run game especially with that second unit second um, offensive line was really impressive like ty chandler uh looked great you know kenny Wongwu looked excellent right like they were you know making plays and so i i don't know i, I overall i feel actually quite um quite encouraged by a lot of it. I mean, wangu he looked powerful and balanced you know we always knew he was explosive he moves really well but he was able to kind of absorb contact stay on his feet difficult to bring down and he's not that large of a guy right but he just looked powerful and balanced he has feet underneath him and so overall i feel actually encouraged about a number of areas um I don't know if were there any other kind of, you know, notable things beyond just it's so easy to just kind of be hyper
0: focused on quarterback. But
1: you know, was there anything else that kind of maybe stood out to you? Or
0: um basically it. Yeah, I think that's mainly it. I like I certainly was looking like regarding receiving. Uh, yeah, one of the things that struck or stuck out to me was that uh, Amir Smith Marset led the team with three receptions. Yeah, uh, yeah. For th- like there was no one that that went even. Uh, Mitchell led the team with 37 yards. Like there was yep. not many people. If I I'm trying to count here, I think there's 11 or 12. Uh, say 11, 11 guys with receptions yesterday, um, and yeah, it just wasn't a whole lot. Uh, mm-hmm. There no one no one really stood out, uh, but certainly I think that's the position I'm curious to continue to to look at. I think that. Mm-hmm. Everything you're hearing, it sounds like Osborne is really have, having a good preseason uh, yeah. training camp. Um, and so there's there's some talented guys there with Amir Smith, Marset, uh, Naylor. But it, it, it's going to be interesting to see uh, mm-hmm. what what happens there. Uh, mm-hmm. As we wrap up here, is, maybe what's one thing that you're watching for for the next game?
1: I'm glad you brought that up, Sam. I didn't know if you're going to. Uh, I don't know if listeners know, but sometimes Sam and I don't plan this out. Sometimes we just click record and see what happens. But one thing I'm looking forward to this week in this next game is so you have the joint practices with the 49ers this week, two joint practices. And so that's actually really exciting, um, I think, for both fans and the teams, in that you're not just hitting your own guys over and over and over again. You get a chance to practice against other dudes. The hope is that everything, sometimes, tempers flare and guys repeating and, and their fights, you know, you hope that there's none of that. And it's just clean football uh, productive for both sides. And then next Saturday night, they take on 49ers and you got to think that we're going to see a lot of the, not a lot, but more of the ones, more of the starters that we saw this time through. So I'm certainly looking forward to the joint practices, certainly looking forward to the next game. And overall, what I want to see is, uh, Really, kind of eliminating kind of the stupid mistakes, you know, like penalties, that kind of thing. You just kind of hopefully iron that out. And then the main thing I want to see is uh, really kind of thinking about the offense, just good rhythm, good rhythm, good balance. There's so much skill. You should, in theory, be able to just keep the other team so consistently off balance. Because do we worry about Dalvin Cook now? Do we worry about Justin Jefferson and Thielen? Do we worry about Osborne? Oh no, man, Emer Smith set just made a play Do we have to worry about him now as well? And so it just seems there's so much potential to kind of keep a defense on its heels uh, with a certain degree of regularity. So I want to see good rhythm and then eliminating, this is kind of almost like coach speak, just like eliminating the unforced errors, you know, similar to like a tennis player, right? Just those things that you do that hurt your team that you just, there is no need to do those things. So that's kind of what I have my eye on beyond. Uh, those practices themselves, which are going to be kind of fun
0: yeah I think that's neat that's neat it uh it's interesting you focus on mainly the offensive side of the ball there i know yeah right because so that's I've not really your s- it's not really your no. style um, no it's not yeah i maybe to to counterbalance that i'll I'll throw in the one thought that i'm i'm curious to see uh what continues to happen with the cornerback position um yeah yeah because that it was interesting to watch yesterday and i'm I think I've I've been transparent in saying that I don't necessarily always notice individual players, mm-hmm. especially in the defense. I feel like such a, it's such a system. It's hard to yeah. do that. But uh, guys like uh Boot Jr., uh yeah. there, I saw there's lots of guys out there yesterday um getting a crack at it, Dantzler. Like I'm just I I think it's it's an important position. Uh, mm-hmm. and curious to see who steps up and how that that battle continues to progress. Right. Yeah. True enough. And I mean, the Niners have talent, so it would
1: be a good challenge.
0: Yeah. Great. Well, we'll wrap up there. Thanks everyone for listening. We, I know we, we won't do a wild update this week. The world juniors are happening. Wild Got lots of guys uh, competing there. It'd be hard to, Mm -hmm. to talk about each and every one of them. Uh, Mm -hmm. But we're recording Monday morning, the 15th. We got another few days of, of that. And I think, The Wild are going to have players, uh, no matter who makes it there, the Wild are going to have players uh, basically every step of the way. So uh, be sure Mm -hmm. to check that out. We'll do a little bit more of a breakdown uh, once the tournament actually ends. But um, Thanks everyone for listening. And next we'll be back to talk about preseason game against the 49ers next week. Take care, everyone.